Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Mr. Shali Kumar, US industrialist, founder of Republican Hindu Coalition. Mr. Kumar, good to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. First of all, I should tell you, I am greatly honored to have a conversation with you. A person of your caliber, a presidential lifetime achievement holder. Uh, wow, when I started looking that, it is a great honor. It's a great honor. We may have two different worldviews, but it's definitely an honor to be conversing with you. Well, listen, flattery will get you everywhere. Thank you for saying that, and the honor is mine having you on the program. That. Thank I mean, you, sir. I, I, I sincerely uh, believe that. It's not and so I believe big. you. You are an authentic individual. You have a very impressive resume. Uh, international resume, uh, and you have been doing this kind of work. You're not a, somebody that just came in because of one incident or another. Now, we may disagree on some things. Today, we are going to discuss economics, the Build Back Better program or policy. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about those items. So if you would give me your uh, sentiment as it relates to the Build Back Better plan and the economy in America. Uh, Dr. Richie, I probably have a very different view on this. So I kind of will tell you a little bit about myself. Okay. Uh, I'm born to a freedom fighter in India. During my youth, college years, I was greatly influenced by socialistic ideas. I was greatly influenced by what they called, they modified a little bit, benevolent, benevolent dictatorship of the proletariat. And Leninism theory and Karl Marx theory, those days it was uh, 10 uh, rich bourgeois families in uh, India controlling the entire India. And there were no uh, middle class, it was either just those 10 uh, rich families taking advantage of all the poor people and the poor. That's all there was. And I grew up in that environment at uh, my family of six. Uh, just living on thirty dollars um, uh, a month uh, total, and you know, you can imagine my uh, my uh, in a family, uh, milk was rationed to uh, eight ounces per week. So that was that's the where I come from. That my was my original background. I immigrated to um, uh, United States in 1969. Uh, and that was because I was kind of moving in a little rough direction in uh, public policy. So my parents uh, saw my love for engineering and they sent me to the United States. And in 1972, for your viewers, uh, I was still, I did not get away from public policy. I was in the cold snow of uh, Chicago campaigning for George McGovern. Governor in 1972, 1976, I supported Carter because I hated Nixon. I could say that on record. I hated Nixon, uh, but then my life changed in 1979 when I first met Governor Reagan. All right, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of known as the first Indian American Republican in the country. <laughs> well, damn. That, that's a hell of a title, Mr. Kumar. And, and here's what I'm going to do because I think it's important to highlight that <laughs> you, uh, you actually invented uh, the first microprocessor based 
French fry computer for McDonald's and created an entire new industry with the invention of the PLS, which is the programmable light switch. All right. Limit, so, limit switch. You uh, that's right. The limit switch. Right. The limit switch. Right. That changed the way automobiles are manufactured. Uh, it used to be that you will get only one model of a car uh, every three months. You can load only one model of the car in the factories. Now with the program of limit switch, you yep. could load just for ten cars. And you listen, ten cars and then you, ten cars, then ten cars. You, when I told you that it's also honor having you on the show, I meant that. Now you're a smart guy. You're just dead wrong about economy and politics, and I'm gonna show you where you're wrong at. And I want you to come back to the original design of your life. There's always mismanagement, there's always corruption in all formation of government. You never get away from that. So let me bring this to you front and center. Okay. When we talk about the economy in the United States of America, I wanna read some stats to you because typically our ecosystem of economy is contextualized through left-leaning and right-leaning policies. And these policies sometimes intersect, while at other times they conflict with each other in a massive way. But let me give you the raw data, right? This is why a lot of people actually support left-leaning policies who care about the economy. Under Democratic presidents, Black families' incomes grow through their policies on average around $900 a year, but only grow $142 a year under Republicans. When you take the aggregate of 28 years of Republican leadership versus Democratic leadership, black unemployment rate fell by a net of 7.9% um, across 26 years of Democratic leadership. But it actually went up a net of 13.7% over the same time frame of Republican presidencies. Across the years of leadership in the Democratic Party or Democratic policy leadership, black poverty declined by a net of 23.6%, but it grew by three percentage points. It went the wrong way under Republican presidencies and their policies. And that's also connected to access to education, job training programs, minimum wage. Uh, increasing, etc. Those are policies that put more money in the pockets of black and brown people. And by connection, white people also do better in the economy under left-leaning policies than under right-leaning policies. So tell me, if you are a right-leaning guy as it relates to economy, why would you why would you support right-leaning economic policies when the data shows from uh, employment to how much money is made to GDP growth, left-leaning policies actually do better in the ecosystem of economy. Okay, like I said, Dr. Ritchie, right from the beginning, that you know we have a different worldview at least at this point in time in my life. And I'm gonna also tell you that I will tell you firsthand here again, I will not be here if it was not for Dr. Martin Luther King. And his, uh, you know, uh, his campaigns in the 60s, and then the immigration uh, liberalization, where uh, people from India could come to the United States. So, you know, of course, that's all great policies, uh, the civil liberties and civil, uh, uh, you know, um, civil action. So, all those things are great program. Okay, I, I have a very different view, uh, in a way. Tell me your view. Not left, not right. I think all left 
and right, liberal, progressive, conservative, we are all marching in the wrong direction. Okay. Uh, India was colonized by the British for 200 years. We are moving, we are fast moving towards Chinese colonization of America. Whether it's left or right, that is debatable. That is whole thing is debatable. See, but our, our, uh, in a way, you know, it was sort of interesting to read the General Spalding who says, who is taking the junkets by CCP? You know, all the people who are going there. Equal number of Republicans, equal number of Democrats, they are going on these junkets by CCP. See, what, the, what China is doing, uh, unfortunately, in the United States, we have a system where uh, all uh, representatives, all congressmen have to run for election every two years. Yeah. They can think of only two years. Corporate America can think of only, only they can think of a quarter because you know their stock value. And then whereas we think of quarter, we think of two years, we think at the most of four years, China think of a quarter of a century. They have a plan, not only now, they started this plan in 1999, a 50-year plan to become the world's largest uh, economy. They will be by 2049, their 100 years, they will be the biggest economy, $120 trillion economy. We will be a $40 trillion economy. They, we will be colonized by them. It will okay. be just our manufacturing is disappearing. We do not have any manufacturing. I'm in the electronics industry. Right. 90% of all electronics is manufactured in China. Okay, Mr. Mr. Kumar, I definitely want to get a few words and we, we have limited time because there's another, sure. another show right after mine. Um, I agree with about 85% of what you just said. Uh, I think the entire economy, the entire way we do politics in America, I think it needs to be severely, right, refurbished. It needs to be reworked. Uh, people talk about reform, I talk about replacement, okay? Now, some of the variables that you highlighted, for example, the nuance of the electoral leadership in the United States of America and how we switch out leadership consistently so you don't really have what we call a linear plan so that we can think 50 or 100 years in the future. The benefit of China is that they have what's called dynasty or legacy leadership. And so they're able to create these plans that far extend their own lifeline because they have this legacy or dynasty leadership method. Would you suggest that America transformed to a legacy or dynasty leadership <laughs> method in order to have some of the accomplishment of China. No, I absolutely do not. Because right. There is, you know, the biggest, most important thing to a human being is liberty. That's right. And, you know, that, that you lose the liberty. Now, that's why the Russian system did not work. You know, we have a lot of business interests in China, so we know how they're working. So at the overall corporate, uh, let's say CCP party level, they control, but they're beginning to give a lot of freedom. Not the freedom of expression, but freedom of jobs, where do you go work and so forth to uh, everyday Chinese. So that's a, a philosophy they have operated, you know, that uh, in the 80s, they started that whole whole process. Uh, but you see, uh, I will tell you this again uh, from an infrastructure bill. It's mm -hmm. not just, and, and I do not blame uh, the progressives or the liberals or the left, uh, it's all, it's all the same. 
because I'm sure you will be shocked. You'll be shocked to know that even though in the infrastructure bill, $1.2 trillion bill, we made a provision there by American. But the devil is always in the detail. When you actually read the detail, and 19 Republicans and uh, 13 on the House members, they signed for that. The detail is this, that this infrastructure will be built by the Chinese because they give, they write by American, two paragraphs later, they give a complete, complete authority to federal agencies for any reason to just ignore by American. I'm, I'm Let's sure talk about that. Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, many times we attack the process. Sometimes we attack the product, but we rarely attack the genesis of it. Let me submit something to you. I want you to tell me, do you agree? Okay. There's a reason why the UK, they don't have these types of issues like we do. They have their issues, but not like this. There's a reason why other industrial nations, their politics, a little different, it's not as extreme, not as corporatized. We did something in America because remember, you know, it used to be illegal in this country for corporations to give to political candidates. That was against the law in the United States. Well, we we started to chip away at that law, and then we got so far off the reservation here as it relates to what's common and what's decent. We ended up saying through our Supreme Court that corporations are in fact people. And now the corporate influence is so extreme in the United States of America that the interest, the influence and the direction and guidance and the catalyst for these programs, for these agendas, for the ideology of these particular political candidates has now been purchased by people that have much deeper pockets than me. Maybe not deeper pockets than you, you got a lot of money. But they have been purchased rather than the voter being able to sway the outcome like they used to. Do you agree that there's a real cause and effect relationship between what we have allowed corporations to do and the reality that we're in politically now in America? Uh, Dr. Richie, I agree with you on this, but it's not only the corporations. Okay. Not only the corporations, it's the labor unions, it's the teachers union. It's all the, they, you know, on the elections wise, there should be really no corporate or any. But think about this, funding. brother. Think about this, Mr. Kumar. Labor unions exist because of corporate usury. Teacher unions exist because of corporate interests that fight against them. I'm a former high school teacher myself, I'm a current college professor, okay? So you have these interests, special interest groups such as labor unions, they're fighting to make sure that there's equity in pay, that you have protection as workers. These things are present because of the massive power of corporations. So you need to have a balance to that massive power, and that's what these organizations seek to do. Do they always nail it? Of course not. But the existence of these organizations are present because of what we have allowed corporations to do to the fabric of society. You see, I would have totally agreed with you and I said when I was 16 years old and I wanted to pull down those <laughs> 10 big businesses suppressing humanity, suppressing all Indians, students, of course, the teachers union and labor union all be very strong. But at the same time, what I have observed, I have observed that European socialism, Indian socialism, that type, what did it result in? Until 1991, you could not get a telephone line in India, 
it was called Baburaj, Raj by inspectors. Okay, they those same ten families they control the means of production and they rule the whole country. But Mr. Kumar, you have to understand the irony of what you're saying. Literally. We have about six or seven major companies that run America. And you would consider America to be a capitalistic nation. You all had the same dynamic in India. My point to you is socialism or capitalism, if there's mismanagement and corruption at the leadership level, the form of government and the form of economy is simply a method methodology for them to do what they want to do anyway. I agree with you, I agree with you. It's uh the only difference between India of that time and today's America is we do have a very strong middle class, which can act as check, as a check and balance on what these corporations want to do. You know, because I'll tell you, these all these large large corporations, you know, and I'll be going on the record saying this here is I'm against Apple. They want to manufacture everything in China. They don't care about American jobs. Well, I hope you agree. Well, well, here's the thing, brother. Because in the Build Back Better program, it actually has a provision that would mandate those overseas jobs like what Apple is doing to be manufactured right here in the United States of America. Maybe that's one provision you can agree sir, with, no? Sir, 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 in theory, it's very nice. Please read the detail. In what's gonna happen is also electric vehicles. We are gonna spend tons of money on electric vehicles, okay? Uh, electric uh, powered uh, vehicles. Where they're gonna all come from? China. All right. All okay. So, brother, let me let me read this part. We gotta go. Uh, so, one of the provisions of the Build Back Better program it stops it stops large profitable corporations from paying uh, zero in tax and tax corporation corporations that buy back stock rather than invest in company. It also stops rewarding corporations because there's an incentive right now from shipping jobs and profits overseas. It takes that practice away and it asks the highest income Americans to pay additional in taxes to create more of a congruency with their pay rate. So I'm out of time, brother. I'm gonna give you a few more seconds before we have to go to the next show. What's your thoughts on some of those provisions inside of the Build Back Better program? Again, you'll have to go to the details and also let me tell you something. I learned that thing in 80s when I started to make a little bit of money. Okay. Corporate America, no matter what you do, they're gonna find ways, they're gonna find lawyers and accountants to negate whatever you, you write. They're gonna do that. All right. They're not I, gonna I, pay I, their taxes. On that, on that, we actually completely agree. Uh, that's why we have to fight the dynamic fight here. I appreciate you being on Indisputable. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's an honor again.